0: Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and Cannabis Lifestyle Guide. I'm jumping on the red eye to Texas to honor my grandfather at his funeral tomorrow and to be with my grandmother. And I just didn't have time to pull it all together. And so this week, you've got an impromptu episode of the podcast. Ryan Miller of Operation Evac was in the studio today recording with me Podcast 80. And we were having such a great conversation. And he's easy to talk to. And he loves big talk as much as I do. I just kind of dove into a really good talk with him. And I'm going to share that with you now. So settle in. It's time to get casually baked.
1: I got the bottle of wine. High I got the west coast smoke but I just
0: take one... this is one I'm this is my solo podcast mm. is this is the subject matters
1: as well oh that sounds like an awesome topic
0: yeah hmm. yeah um it's it's what I'm in process of I feel like this is something when you know you're transitioning in life or you know just... Also going home to this funeral mm. and and letting go of Al being letting go of my grandmother mm. and and I the one thing with receiving that I'm working on right now is when when you get praise when you get something good to just be with that for <laughs> a minute mm-hmm. because we work so hard for it and then it it hits us and we're like, oh, yeah, 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 thanks, 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 ugh, you know, and just like shrug it off. And it's like, God damn it, if right. you want to feel that more often, you got to like savor it. And mm,
1: absolutely. so I'm
0: trying to do more of that lately because right. I'm quick to be like, okay, yeah, I now what's next. I know you, you're going to want something else from me, so I need right. to go ahead and get busy making it.
1: Or we discount or deflect those acknowledgements that we receive from others. And so you're absolutely right. It's better to accept them because uh, when we discount it or deflect it, we're also discounting the words that someone shared with you, their their sentiment. Yeah. Right? And so if we accept it and instead reflect gratitude, uh, I think that's the more optimal way to manage those yeah. experiences.
0: Yeah. And it was actually what we were talking about earlier, Claire, with your students, how She was. They were having an interesting conversation in class, and she was just so impressed the way they were. I hear you. I Mm. see what you're saying. I get that. Mm. However, this is my stance on this. And she was like, you know, it was just beautiful Mm. civil discourse and action. So it's like if our young people can do it, surely the rest of us can learn.
1: It gives us some hope for the future, doesn't it? Yes,
0: it it does. I'm going to smoke the rest of this. Hell, we just keep talking about it. Maybe this will be the uh, my next podcast. Since I am going to get on a plane.
1: Yeah, I just uh, got back from Barcelona yesterday for Spanibus.
0: I saw some of the pictures.
1: <sighs> unreal, unreal.
0: So, how? Um, what was your take? What's your takeaway from that?
1: Mm. <laughs> well. You know, I've done some traveling. I've lived overseas. And you know, when folks would ask me, where's the top two places you would like to visit next? I'd always say Spain and Italy. And for me, like my work keeps me pretty anchored to the Bay Area. Uh, I'm also a, a low income person. So uh, world travel isn't necessarily a priority for me. And it just proved to me that, you know, Your dreams can arrive if you you set those intentions and you uh, you stand by your integrity, basically.
0: Well, and also not worrying about how it's going to happen. You know, just putting it out into the world, knowing that this is what you want Mm. and doing everything you know to do Mm. to be your best self. And, you know, I always tell people, do one little thing every day to get you to that thing. Right. But then not worrying how the fuck it's going to happen. Because mm. i that's exactly what happened to me with my midlife retirement. It's like, I want to live in Europe. Mm. But I was like, I don't know how I'm going to live there. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a career coach, and I'm going to have – this person helped me come up with some plans. So I created a three-month work abroad trial, and I spelled out to my employer, like, I'm going to go live in another country for three months. This is how I'm going to communicate with you. This is how I'm going to get everything done that I'm already doing for you. This is how we will decide if it's successful. These are the benchmarks. And I just role played with this woman for a couple of months and just had her poke holes in this idea until it was fucking solid. Yeah. And so I go into the office and I approach my boss, who is much like a father figure. Mm. And when I told him, he was like, mm, like, I, I don't see how this is supposed to work. Like, if I need you, I can reach out and touch you right now. Like, you're here. How how do we do this? And mm. I'm like, well, you know, there's Skype, voice over IP. Like, there's so many. We can talk all day long if you want to. And he basically just left me floundering for a couple months. He was like, let me think about it. Mm-hmm. And then he just didn't do anything about it. Mm. And so then I was like, that motherfucker's not hearing me. <laughs> and so I was – his daughter had crashed her car. Mm. I was, I mean, fender bender, whatever, but sure. it was in the shop. He needed me to help him go get the car. And so I had him trapped in the car with me for like 45 minutes. Nice. So I pitched him again. Right. And at the end of it, he was like, can, can we do a month? And I said, that's a holiday for somebody who lives in Europe. Mm. Like, no, wow. I, d- I don't accept one month. I was like compromising. No, I'm like, there's no way you can tell if it's working.
1: Right.
0: You know, you need three months to see if this even works. And so I went home that night, and I was just angry. Mm. And I was just like, I don't have any children. My pets have passed away. I live in a condo. I'm free as I'm ever going to be. I booked a one-way ticket to Bologna, Italy, mm. and I went into work the next day. And I was like, I leave on June the 7th. I'm giving you a two-months notice. I'll find my replacement. I'll train them. Your life will go on as usual, and I will be out of it. Wow. And it was fucking awesome.
1: Wow. <laughs> wow. That's beautiful.
0: But he was just like, I just worry about you finding a job when you get back. I was like, don't worry about me. I've never had a problem getting a job. Right. And so I just went and Mm. lived on very little money and got really fucking lonely sometimes. Mm. But it was the best growth opportunity I could have ever given myself Mm. because there was nobody there to talk it out with. You know, nobody spoke my language to the depth, and I definitely didn't speak theirs. Right. And so it was just like figuring my shit out and working through it all by myself.
1: What an exercise. Yeah. Because you're, if you're not talking to somebody else, you're talking to somebody, mm-hmm. right? And it's mostly yourself. And so being able to work all that out and come to some agreements with yourself. Yeah. Some forgiveness of yourself, right? Well,
0: and defining like, what the hell do I really want? Because I'd picked the wrong dream.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: you know, I was like this, I'm not happy, so... What's next? Mm. And so that, and then it became this delicious obsession with what does it look like to get paid to be me?
1: Hmm. Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. Because often, you know, if we work for a corporation, it's you have to sacrifice a lot of parts of you. You can't necessarily be your authentic self to play the game of, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. I do my best work when I'm casually baked. And I would have to, you know, stealthily be high at work or, you know, go home at lunch. And, you know, I just always felt like I was hiding something. But it wasn't anything that I was ashamed of. Mm -hmm. But it was just like I couldn't just be me. Mm -hmm. In fact, yeah, I think, you know, I always keep up with my old boss. And I think it's still just very shocking to him that I'm in the cannabis space. like. I don't think he ever had a clue that mm. that's who I was as a person, you know. Right. It's like the way we hide from our parents.
1: Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, my parents were definitely skeptics, and I've converted both of them to Me too. Uh, users. And my dad was almost an investor at some point, too. So, nice. Uh, it's been a privilege to you know see that and struggle through that, right, those uh, perceptions and the stigma and just— having the patience and working through that. And it's, I can't tell you like how good it feels to know that, you know, my mom opened up to it after her experience with cancer last year. Right. And it was crushing me to know that like I've helped so many people get access to cannabis and the people I care more about than anybody. My parents had some resistance to that and i could try to project that on them as much as like i could their misperceptions or their you know the misinformation the propaganda that they grew up with but also i had to take ownership of that and look to myself to communicate better right and so uh, yeah so thankful for that conversion
0: um well and that's actually going to bring us full circle to operation evac i guess mm. because you learning to communicate better, I'm assuming that's why you felt driven to do this, right? Mm. Or no.
1: Sure. Well, absolutely. I think Toastmasters is something that's really helped me learn to communicate better. And really that internal narrative that I have with myself is what I've learned to, uh,
0: that's the powerful one.
1: Right. Right. And it's, because I've spent a lot of time in my head alone, right, ruminating over bad thoughts, a cycle of depression and uh, cynicism, and just uh, the darkness is what yeah. I call it, the shadow. Yeah. And so to have you know, practiced forming positive narratives in myself and uh, curating community and helping others form positive narratives about their experiences, often with trauma, uh, and suffering, loss, grief, violence. It's definitely changed my my life and my worldview, and uh, it's been a privilege to hold these spaces and, and learn so much from from my peers and my elders,
0: and your experience, mm. and these experiences that you're having with them as they process it, because when you are really there with someone, you are feeling all of those same things too, <laughs> you know, and so it's like. It is happening to you all over again.
1: Absolutely. And it's tough, right, to hold that focus, that undivided attention, that laser beam, right, attentiveness.
0: And the feeling, like you're physically feeling it in your body, and it's just like, you know, breathing through it with it. Right, oh, right. I'm doing it now.
1: And the community I work with is tough. These are folks, you know, that have lived in poverty, right, substance abuse, Problems, incarceration issues, um, and to witness that transformation over maybe say six months of someone that's been a, a curmudgeon, mm-hmm. right, just old, bitter, angry, mean,
0: yeah, right, mean. to
1: someone that's now like soft and warm and gentle and kind and funny. It's and it happens so many you know yeah. over and over and over again.
0: It happened to me. Mm. I was mean as a snake
1: <laughs> and what do you think for you caused that shift?
0: Well, I mean, I grew up in a very strict household. Everything was regimented and um, and I had four sisters, and so you know we we were raised you know like a like we were in the military mm. and so you know, whenever I got out into the real world and I started experimenting with everything and learning about everything i just you know drinking from the fire hose Mm. so to speak and and getting out a lot of the anger from my childhood and and you know just working through why the fuck i was the way i was and you know so i i just was feeling it all and Mm. so i was you know all we always push the ones that love us the most the hardest mm. because we know that they'll keep they'll keep holding on they'll keep catching us whatever and so i had to work through some you know difficult relationships with you know my feelings towards my mother and, mm. and you know mending the relationship with my father and making sure that you know my sisters and i were on the same page and you know and so i work really hard at my one on one relationships Um, Because I know for such a long time, I was just about myself. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and cannabis was a huge catalyst for that and for softening me Mm. and allowing those, you know, I tell people I make such amazing connections in my creative mind when I'm high. Mm. And it's, you know, these you know things are firing differently synapses are you know are are just creating this explosion of ideas and things that i've thought about a thousand times all of a sudden it's new to me right and so it That was able to help me when, like, that darkness Mm. is, like, telling those terrible, terrible, terrible stories. Right. And, you know, you're imagining terrible things about people that you hate, Mm. which that is a word that I don't even allow in my vocabulary anymore. Like, hate, it just feels, it feels terrible to say. Mm. I'm such a fucking hippie. So – Anyway, you know, the, all of these ideas start coming together. And so I'm able to say, okay, this dark fucking story, mm. here are 12 other perspectives, and just be able to spin through them like a Rolodex really mm. fast and be able to just be like, okay, that perspective, here's this one, here's this one. Oh, fuck. Okay, this one feels way better. Mm. So this is the story. And so just start programming that different story in my head. And, you know, it happens about everything, our relationship with money, our relationship with, you know, whether or not we can have a kid or not, or our relationship with our families. Like, there's fucking dark stories around every fucking Mm. corner. (laughs) And cannabis is so good about being like, let's flip that fucking Rolodex and pick a new story.
1: Mm, I love that. (laughs) No, Yeah, you mentioned childhood, and I think a lot of our adulthood is spent healing from our childhood and the more that we can go back and examine those traumas and how they've uh, informed our decision making and our feelings today, I think it's super beneficial. And these plants are definitely helpful in enabling us to, to find that space in ourselves and and nurture that, that inner resource uh, to be our, our authentic selves.
0: Well, in every experience that we have, Whether it's good, bad, or something we feel even indifferent about, Mm -hmm. it has helped shape us in some form or fashion. And, you know, the fact that I was raised in, you know, a household where you set your clothes out the night before, you're up at six, you're having breakfast at seven, you have chores before you go to school, you feed the animals, you take turns of who's washing dishes and who rides in the front seat and yada, 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 you know. Being like that allows me to be a good fucking entrepreneur Mm. because I'm like, I, you know, on Mondays I write on Tuesdays I edit on Wednesdays I go to the matchmaking firm on, you know, it's like I have so much structure that allows me to be good at my job. And so all of those things when I was a kid where I'm like, you know, rolling my eyes and giving fuck you's under my breath. (laughs) Now I'm like, oh, thank you. Mm. You know,
1: that's beautiful. And, you know, your story just helped me reflect on my own. And, uh, you know, my parents were never married. And I grew up you know, visiting my dad every other weekend. And so, I you know, just in reflection, I, I think that, you know, living with my mother primarily just helped nurture that compassion in me. Um, and then, you know, having exposure to my father every other weekend and, you know, his professionalism and his drive to, to balance both his professional Life and his family life.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: he never compromised on that. And he always prioritized his family. And so uh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I, I always looked at how I grew up as like a disadvantage, right? Not having two parents in the home. And you, know, you sharing your story with me right now enabled me to form a different narrative about the way I grew up. And nice. so thank you for that.
0: Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> No, that's fun. I mean, I think it's important to have big talk conversations. That's all I do. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's the only way to go because it's like you're constantly learning and you're constantly sharing. And again, it's probably because I'm high. Mm. But like to me, what's fucking better than that?
1: You know, I agree with you. I think, you know, using my brother, for example, uh, there's been times where both of us have ab- abstained from cannabis use uh, for different reasons, trying to find a job or things like that. And I noticed that the conversations that we would have weren't as in-depth, right? they're more surface level. And so I think absolutely cannabis helps you uh, kind of lower your inhibitions, lower your insecurities, uh, look at different parts of your brain for different ideas, different thoughts. And so, yeah, yeah, these, I I also believe if we're to meet the challenges of the present and the future, uh, we're going to need to evolve as a species. And these plants are here to help us along with that.
0: Yes, they are. And, um, and I think, I think we've just finished my first podcast. You didn't know you were doing two today. Mm. but since i'm going home for a funeral this evening, like I had to get crafty and I really like that conversation we just had mm. and so you I believe are now podcast 79 and podcast 80
1: fantastic yeah. I'm, I'm honored to be here and excited so thank you yeah
0: so if you've just listened to podcast seventy nine stick around because you'll learn who is just talking on podcast eighty <laughs>
1: <laughs> Stay tuned.
0: Thank you so much for being in the flow with me. I've got some great content coming up just for you. Ryan Miller will tell us all about Operation EVAC, educating veterans about cannabis in next week's podcast. If you're planning summer holidays, definitely tune in for my chat with Brian Applegarth, founder of the California Cannabis Tourism Association. And if you're ready to enjoy the convenience of cannabis delivery service, but want someone to explain how it all works, the co-founders of Sava will join us in the studio to talk at-home product selection and delivery. As usual, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, I hope you'll share this podcast with a friend. Thanks to those of you connecting, rating, and reviewing the show. You totally make a difference, and I appreciate your support and feedback. Submit your can of curious questions online at casuallybaked.com or on social at casuallybaked. Together. Casually Baked the podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta, La Osa is in the house capturing and editing the video version of the podcast, available on YouTube and channel 203 on Cannabis Club TV. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album Gotta Get Back wherever you're finding your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out.